Welcome to Carve Your Own Fucking Path, a podcast featuring candid interviews with unconventional entrepreneurs who are boldly building a business and a life on their own terms. I'm Willow, your host, media coach at Be Seen Productions. As a media coach, I meet you and your team where you are to improve your on-camera presence and storytelling. Together, we create engaging videos you'll be proud to share far and wide. All of the guests on this show have a really big mission and inspiring story to tell. You'll hear messy truths and unconventional paths of entrepreneurs who are showing up and being seen when we dive deep into that experience. I'm excited for you to meet my next guest. Okay, let's get to it. You're about to meet Jeff Conlon, and Jeff is the founder and CEO of Ideas Money Art, IMA, a digital advertising agency based in the San Francisco Bay Area. And Jeff and I go way back. He, when he started IMA 15 years ago, I was hired on as my first job in video production. And Jeff was definitely ahead of his time with digital advertising with video because he was like, this is going to be the next best thing. And sure enough, it was and is. And IMA is still doing really well. And he considers himself a serial entrepreneur. So I was curious and I thought you would be curious as well to learn about like behind the scenes and also like leading up to him starting this company because turns out he's been starting businesses since a very young age. And I'm always interested in that because from a young age, you know, carving your own fucking path is it's just admirable. So I wanted to you know, dive deep into his backstory. And as you will hear, there's been lots of failures, treading waters and mistakes along the way. What we see on the outside is a lot of the times the success, but we don't really hear and learn about like what was the real story behind the scenes. So, so Jeff really, you know, breaks it down and is open and vulnerable and, um, really enjoyed this conversation. So I hope you do as well. Let's meet Jeff. Okay. Jeff Conlon, welcome to the show. I've known you for a long time and I know that you've been carving your own fucking path. I want to dive much deeper into your story. A short intro, and I'll let you intro yourself, essentially are a serial entrepreneur in the tech and digital space. Even back when I was so. eating cereal, cereal mm. entrepreneur <laughs> at a young age. <laughs> That's so cool. Yeah. So, okay, well, take us back. Let's like dive into your backstory. So it all started, you know, in 1987 and I decided I was going to, I don't even remember why I was, why I wanted to work, but I wanted to make some money. And so I decided to print some flyers up and it was a KNC car washing, which I had to give him the first letter. His last name was Kirby. So mm -hmm. that was the convincing uh, argument to get him to join me because I didn't want to do it by myself. And yeah, mm -hmm. we probably lost five, 10, $20 on every car we washed because we weren't charging enough, <laughs> which has haunted me my entire career. Really? And, yeah, it was crazy. Yeah, for at least a summer. So how how old were you? Were you 13? I was 12. I was 12, 12. Years old. So my brother and I got our own phone lines as a Christmas present, right? So my mom got us business cards as like our present. So here's the business card with our phone number on it, right? And then, so the, cool. and then, the, and then she's like, I'm surprised you have your own phone lines. So I had written on the back of all these business cards, KNC Car Washing Company, right? Because I had a business card. Yeah. <laughs> I, remember, I remember like showing it off. One of the cards I gave to was to my to Claire, my current wife, because we were boyfriend and girlfriend all through eighth grade. 
Which is so this is quite other. a love story. <laughs> you will, we'll dive into that in a little bit. Yeah, that's, that's not what this podcast is about, but that's a whole other story. Yeah. It is. I mean, the podcast, it's really, it's about unconventional entrepreneurs. Yes. As in maybe most people, most entrepreneurs are, but you especially, because you, from such a young age, you've been putting yourself out there in a way of like, I'm going to, I'm going to earn money on my own, create something of value and, yeah. and earn money. So what about your parents? Are either of them entrepreneurs? Zero, like zero. My dad, 37 years as a um, PE teacher in middle school, um, which I went to that middle school, which was tough. I used yeah. to get dragged into his office, you know, feel like <laughs> I get caught ma making out, you know, and they dragged me in there. <laughs> and, yeah. Uh, um, yeah, it was not good. Uh, and then my mom worked for my uncle, who was a dentist when I was growing up, and then this is an interesting story, so I'll tell it really quickly because a lot of people don't know this. So when I was 14, she went back to work for United Airlines. Mm -hmm. And um, so it's changed our lives and a thousand percent changed mine because this is long, long, long before 9-11. And we used to just get these stacks of um, of tickets, blank tickets. So as oh, soon as I was kind of, yeah, to fly. So as soon as I was 18, I would literally roll up the SFO or when I was going to school in San Diego to San Diego airport. And just write in whatever I want. So I used to go to Hawaii for the day. Oh my God. <laughs> Hawaii for the day. I did it all the time. So I go, it was when I was in San Diego. So I'd get, I'd, um, you know, go to the airport in the morning, like a 7 a.m. flight, ride in Honolulu. I'd fly over, you know, first class almost all the time because it was no kind way. of pre points and upgrades and all that. So that was, that's where the open seats were. Wow. So yeah, fly like a 747 first class to Honolulu. Walk out like I was going and you know, grab a shuttle bus to like whatever hotel and just pretend mm -hmm. I was staying at the hotel for the free ride. And then I'd rent a board and I'd surf all day. And then I'd take the red eye home. It was crazy. This is yeah. an insane story. <laughs> that was like a regular, I probably did that, I don't know, five or six times in the two, three years I was in San Diego. We're just like, oh, yeah, I'm in Hawaii. Wow. Or I go to New York, I went to New York. Same kind of thing, just for the weekend. No money. Yeah. So I my parents were not entrepreneurial at all. Okay. Now they, that with being like business or music or film or sports, or whatever, they are fully supportive mm -hmm. and they've never, never really gotten in my way about all the crazy ideas I've had over the years. Did you feel like you were different though? I hear this a lot from people. Like they just felt like, I'm not going to take the straight and narrow path. That's the best way to say it. So I, <laughs> I was definitely my ego is very healthy from a young age. Mm -hmm. So, okay. but yeah, I thought I was destined to be on like on the cover of Time Magazine, quite honestly. Yeah, that was kind of a goal. Was it? What yeah. were you on Time Magazine for? Well, it was always to, because I was very young doing what, like this kind of, you know, wonderkin kind of thing. So that was always a core element because um, I just kind of wanted to prove myself mm. at a young age. Okay. And then, but interestingly enough, which we can dive into more, more deeply, the fact like it was it was like business entrepreneurial related um because okay. in my teen years i worked at this hotel in palo alto it went through this phase where i was coming up with like what i thought were good ideas for inventions mm. so i thought i was going to be an inventor like for years like i was just okay. like coming up with all this stuff and i invented but i didn't invent it but i came up with this idea for this like swizzle stick that had like which probably don't even exist anymore but it had like cream and sugar in it like that was my big breakthrough idea which i almost got patented which is pretty funny i couldn't afford it 
Okay. Yeah. So you, you grew up in Silicon Valley, which at the time wasn't necessarily on the map for that. So Correct. how did that play into your, like, how did that influence you? So there was like, there was tech around, but I've always been really into technology as well. So like we got a video camera when I was really young, me and a buddy, similar patterns. You can see, we're going to see that. Like I talked someone else into joining this business idea with me. So this is number two. Um, and we carried our video cameras all year, junior year mm -hmm. high school. And we made a video yearbook and we sold like $3,000 worth of videos. Yeah. And then what about, what did you envision for your future? So let's say you're junior high, you've got the yearbook that's going well. You're yeah. thinking of yourself on the cover of time. What did you right. think was going to be next for you? That's where things kind of fall, fall apart because I didn't have any vision at that point, hmm. like as to what I, like, I didn't want to be, you know, like a kid grew up. I always want to be a lawyer or like I have a good yeah. friend and she knew from like the time she was five, she was going to be a veterinarian and now she's a veterinarian. Mm -hmm. So it was, that's what I mean. There was a lot of ego in it. Like mm -hmm. I'm going to be on the time magazine. Why, what are you good at? I don't know kind of thing. Right. In hindsight, it was just kind of building up to what's kind of transpired in my life. What happened in my twenties is I went to school. So I went to San Diego state, did two years, got kicked out 1.8 grade point average. Like was just surfing and drinking beer. That's all yeah. I was doing. But I took a drama class <clears throat> where instead of taking the final, you could write a play. And so that was a really pivotal moment because I wrote the play. It was one act, but I got an A and the TA in that class told me like, what do you want to do? Like, are you interested in doing this? Cause I just took the drama class totally randomly. And I told him like, I think I want to write, you know, I mean, made like, the, like yeah. doing the video stuff and kind of telling stories a little bit, having that experience. And she's like, well, there's, a, there's something very noble in chasing your dreams or something like that. And that's pretty much all I needed. I dropped out of school and I moved up back, back home or moved to San Francisco, started taking film classes. It's that kind of like set the next 10 years. So interesting. It sounds like an organic flow, but the mm -hmm. story, the storytelling was what was drawing you in. So you yes. had like the digital experience and then the writing, working with actors. Did you have an idea for like, I want to have my own business. Was that still on your mind or? I was traveling a ton as well. Like I still had those passes from my mom. Yeah. Cool. So I was, you know, I think it was in those three, two, between 22 and 24, I went to like 35 countries and six continents and just was like, Oh on a plane all the time, just like having a lot of fun. So I didn't graduate from city college either. So I haven't graduated anywhere. Um, for you. Yeah. And <laughs> left the city, moved on to my dad's boat and reconnected with an old friend that we went to high school with. And he was deep into music. We started playing music and started recording music and kind of putting a band together, which pretty quickly imploded. And what was interesting during that time is like with that, you know, with his influence and what we were doing, I really took that identity on, which is actually been a hindrance later in life, mm. um, which we can definitely get into. Um, but yeah, I just fully embraced, fuck the world, fuck everybody. And okay. <laughs> yeah, okay. we'll show you kind of thing. Okay. So I love that you brought up identity. It drives us and it shifts as well. Your identity at that time was like rebellious. I'm an artist. Consider yourself a filmmaker. Yeah. Musician, filmmaker. I was trying to write a play. We moved to New York for a period. So, okay. you know, li living that broke, you know, lifestyle. And so that and was the identity for sure. Did your time magazine cover ever change? The time magazine changed to like the cover of spin magazine. Okay. <laughs> Where do you think this like incredible self-esteem came from? It's been a driving force and a, um, and a hindrance, right? So it's like, 
strengths and weaknesses 100%. I don't know. I mean, quite honestly, I will say that like going back to the touch point of my parents saying I could do whatever I wanted and not saying, no, that's stupid. Or like the only time and I still remember this and it still kind of like gets me is the, the I, so a couple years later, two years later after the band thing, I made a feature film. I wrote and directed and produced a movie. And the only time I, I the only memory and I still have it. So it obviously hit is my mom kind of said one day, well, it's not really going to happen. Like, and we were like a month away from shooting. Like I had done so much work at this point. And I'm like, whoa, that's like the first time I ever remember her saying, nah, I don't think this is going to work. Right. And it was incredibly ambitious with no experience at 27 to make a feature film and like mm. hire people from LA to come up and, you know, shoot the thing and the whole thing. Right. Besides that point, there was no other point where she said, or my dad said, what the hell are you thinking? Like, just get a job. Like there was none of that, like get a job with Benny's kind of, I'd never heard Mm. No word, nothing. Wow. So I think as a kid, Different. when you grow up with that, right? You just, yeah. you have a good idea or what you think is a good idea and your most important people say, sure. And it just allows you to think bigger and think like, mm -hmm. okay, I can do this. To get a little woo woo for a second. So I'm also an Aquarian. Like, I think there's just a natural like affinity for ideas, if you will. Right. My son is born, my younger son, Finn, is four days younger, or his birth is four days before mine. And what I'm witnessing already, so he just turned seven. I'm like, oh, I got to stay ahead. Of, like, not necessarily stay ahead of this kid, but if I'm not ahead, I need to acknowledge that and not fake it because he will huh. call me on it. <laughs> like, I'll lose respect, right? Yeah. So I can see that manifestation in him of what I was like and everything kind of comes easy for him, which is, a, it, I wasn't the greatest at anything, but everything came easy. Mm -hmm. And so it's, it's, there's a, definitely a real learning experience now raising kind of, and he's his own person. And that's a question I don't know if any of us can answer, but it's like the nature versus nurture. Mm -hmm. Clearly he has your DNA. Yeah. But in your case, you had that ambition is inside of you. Yeah. Either like. I believe you have it or you don't. Yeah. And it still exists. Like I haven't lost it. So I'm 48, but I still feel the same, like, oh, the best is yet to come. Like, mm -hmm. like wait till you see what I do next kind of you yeah. know, attitude. I don't know if that'll ever go away. Like that just, it just seems like it shouldn't. No, yeah. definitely not. Cultural, I think by certain, you know, like you said, you're close to 50. And what does that even mean? What does 50 yeah. mean? Well, Gary Vee says it means nothing and I'm just getting started. So I believe him. <laughs> oh, did we say that? <laughs> that's, just one of, that's one of his main things. I mean, he's very repetitive with his content, but yeah, he's just like, oh, if you're 63, you're just yeah. getting started and like, don't, yeah, the race is yeah. not over and all this stuff. So yeah. And I love that. <laughs> yeah. Why not? God, it's I mean, like, I don't even like, I've, I've had my business for 15 years and I'm like, yeah, this is just like a warm up. Like if there's yeah. the next thing is going to be even better, but I don't know yeah. what that is. Right. Imagine if it, the best hasn't or had already come. Right. Or like, you know, like the cliche of high school being like your glory or something. Like, what, what the hell is that? Like, if you thought yeah. that. Like... Exactly. Well, I will, I will slip in this fun fact that you and I met probably 2005. Mm -hmm. Right around then. I was just getting into production. I knew absolutely nothing. And you took a chance on me and hired me as the craft services <laughs> Person. Was that the first thing you did? Yes. Yeah. Craft services. I think a bit of the clapper, you know. Yeah, yeah. Like all the Do you jobs. remember what shoot it was? Was it that target thing that we did? It was something else. It was and something I else. Okay. Remember the call time. Now yeah. the call time means you arrive there at this time. And I remember it was like four, it was at least, I mean it was five in the morning. Yeah. It was in, dark. In the South Bay. Yeah. And I just thought, 
these guys are at, like nuts. I mean, the, you really were the first company that I worked with in production. Yeah, that's awesome. So yeah, that was the beginning of the journey. The timeline is I gave up on the movie at that point because I tried to fix my movie for years, like years. Yeah. Like I had thousands of hours down there trying to fix my terrible movie and it just never happens. But we had the editing equipment. There's a lot of crazy stories on how we also started hustling other stuff. Um, like we didn't have a camera, right? So we had editing equipment, mm -hmm. which was really state of the art at the time. Like we spent like 10K on that editing suite, right? Which now this is just hilarious because I could do better on the my iPhone app on my phone. Right. Um, or iMovie app. And, but we didn't have a camera. So I had, I had, um, oh God, this is a whole other podcast. But <laughs> I'd, I'd gone to work for this guy who was raising money from like wealthy Marin dentists and doctors and stuff to make a movie. Mm. And he was a complete scam artist. Mm. So he raised over like two or $3 million. Oh my God. Completely scammed it all. And I had, I got hired by him, although I never got paid. I think I got paid once. It, my job was to go like find more suckers, but about a month in he split. So my brilliant idea, um, because I, I knew like the core people that were involved with him. So I pitched them on, well, Hey, you guys are out a couple million. <laughs> I'm sorry about that. You've known me for like 30 days. Yeah. And what we should do is go back to everybody lost money, raise more money. I'll write a script about what just happened to you mm. called half of nothing. And then we can make that movie. And they kind of bought in on this, which was hilarious. So I wrote the script. <laughs> no one was like actually gonna give any money to like make this happen so that completely fizzled out but while i was on this guy's like vacant lot like selling stuff there was this guy that lived on his lot in a trailer mm. and he had like these or container ship container things right uh -huh. and he had them built out for like raves creepy weird dude but he had a camera and so i would borrow the camera from mm. him and that's how IMA's first videos got made. Some strange early that's days. A story, and that <laughs> this is why I love these you know, these deep dives. Like what? Because below the surface, there's always, of course, so much going on. But right on the outside, you guys, you know, you were you and your best friend. Yep. There was three of you, three best yep. friends, start this company. Ideas, money, art, IMA. Mm -hmm. Which we were, you know, that's actually a really, I'm glad you brought the name up because the original name of the company was IMA Interactive, mm -hmm. but it always meant I, Ideas Money Art, but we were ashamed to like call it Ideas Money Art. It just sounded pretentious and like, didn't sound digitally enough right back then. Yeah. And so we yeah. added the interactive, um, okay. and that's, yeah. So only recently we switched, we actually switched the name like in 2016 actually to what it actually should have been in the first place. So yeah, so we started Ideas Money Art, yep. And then and you then, started pitching yourselves around as like, you were making a lot of commercials, so. Yeah, yeah, originally it was online video. That was the original concept. Mm -hmm. Was Rob, right, came and said, hey, we should make commercials. I'm like, no, I don't wanna like, again, I don't wanna sell out and make commercials. Yeah. He's like, yeah, but we got this stuff, we can do it. I'm like, online video, it's all, it's gonna be all about online video. So let's do that. And yeah. YouTube hadn't even launched. No. YouTube was like six months away from actually even going live. So we were pitching people like for a thousand bucks, yep. like interior designers, right? Like thousand dollars, you can get a video on your website that tells your whole story and the whole thing. And like for my, like my own like artistic ego at that point, like that was okay. Like an online video was different than a commercial, but then quickly 
uh, we yeah. switched and started making everything. Yeah. Yeah. You guys were definitely ahead of the curve. Yeah. We should have started YouTube. So we should have done. <laughs> should have. <God> damn it. <laughs> so that, yeah. Yeah. It was close. It was close. And, and clearly, I mean, to skip way ahead to current, I mean, you have this business. Yeah. IMA is still going. It's had, well, bring us through that that story. And also, again, like being yeah. an artist and then doing this digital, you know, commercial kind of thing. So, I mean, going to the being seen part, right? Like that through this entire 15, 16 year journey now, um, like being seen for like owning a bit. And it's not like a digital marketing agency is like something super lame, right? <laughs> it's not, no. I mean, it's, it's, it's a, okay. It's nothing fancy, but it's, it's not awful. Um, but I, to be seen as that, like to have that as my bio and again, to whom no one cares, like no one gives a damn, but like, it was still like kind of, I don't want to be known as that. Right. I, I would rather be known as something else. And there isn't even another answer to that. So that's been an issue, like, like really putting myself out there. Um, and with the IMA, there's this idea of hunters and farmers, if you're familiar with that. Mm -mm. So typically like people who start businesses are hunters or farmers and hunters are kind of wow. pretty typically like salespeople, right? They're going to go out, right. they're going to hustle. They're going to like, you know, buy, buy, buy from me. And I have that, I can do that. Um, mm -hmm. but it, I do it to then just get, get the wheels rolling. And then I kind of quickly shift into farmer mode and farmer is like processes, mm. right? Culture, like okay. bringing on employees, um, nurturing the company. And so I would just kind of like be hide in farmer mode mm -hmm. and work on the agency. Um, and that's still like to this day is something that I'm very cognizant of and still, you know, I mean, yeah, technically battling it, right? Like it's, mm -hmm. it's not battling, like, I don't, I don't understand my foe, right? It's not a mysterious force, but it's something I'm, yeah, my ego's still dealing with, right? Which is bananas. Cause like I said earlier, no one gives a fuck. Like no one cares Yeah. <laughs> at all. Right. It's my own story. It just doesn't make any sense. Well, this, I appreciate you being vulnerable. Yeah. Yeah. And, and and talking about this because again, this is all new information too. Right? <laughs> yes, yes. I'm like, oh, interesting. <laughs> Dig uh, in. Yeah, and and so the um, yeah, the being seen is like, it sounds like as going way back again, being seen was was important. Mm -hmm. Yeah, obviously, right? Magazine so, cover. Yeah. Yeah, and being seen as a certain person, and so that hasn't been fulfilled that version mm -hmm. of you is not has not been seen right is that what you're saying okay yeah yeah I, I think on my i guess a way to think about it is like on my terms which mm -hmm. also doesn't make a lot of sense because it's not like i don't own this business uh, mm -hmm. like i didn't start the business right right and inherited from my dad or something you yeah. know what i mean mm -hmm. but it still feels like the a little bit of a plan I mean, plan B isn't really fair, but it's still like a little bit of that, right? Like, what do I, I guess the better way to think of it is like on my, you know, my tombstone, do I want it to say digital marketer? And no, I could give a fuck with that, right? So I think that's really what it is, like fulfilling my destiny, if you will, right? Mm. And then being seen for that. Right. Um, but I think that's also changed a lot as you get older and you have a family and other things become much more important than 
mm -hmm. what you did. Right. Yeah. So let's say in the in the career part, mm -hmm. what would you want it to say? What would you want to be seen for? So the original vision and the dream with IMA, um, even like, and it was pretty detailed, like the, the goal was to get a peer, you know, one of the peers on San Francisco, you know, on Embarcadero. Oh, a peer. Like have the whole the peer. Okay, yep. And this is when I was living in Marin. So, you know, have a boat that you, like a boat that you would like, you know, like a speed boat that you would drive to the pier. Yeah, <laughs> going to and work. Going to work. <laughs> And then on yeah. the and then within the pier would be the, a, a marketing arm, right? Mm -hmm. Because the the other kind of and it was more of a rationalization, but it is very logical. It's like if you're going to do other things, you need to learn how to market. Like that was also the thing. Like with my movie, mm -hmm. I had no idea how to tell people about oh. this movie, right? And it used to right. frustrate me because people who are really good in like you know at marketing themselves especially back in the '90s indie scene, right? There was a lot of people that were good at that, even if their movies were terrible, mm -hmm. like you know, Kevin Clark or whatever that guy's name was, Kevin Smith. Yep. So, yeah. Um, <laughs> so I always, I, I like, that makes sense. You need that, but then it needs to grow into other things like a record label and it needs to grow mm -hmm. into like a movie studio. And, yep. you know, so the peer would have like a recording studio and a record, you know, and a, you know, a theater mm -hmm. and editing bays and a, a really just a creative hive. Mm -hmm. So even That's still amazing. that would be, a great way to go um hmm. and i do have there's one like uh, it's technically a regret although i wouldn't change anything about my life but to the point about youtube right so i wasn't wrong about online video being the next thing mm -hmm. but then i started like the most like <laughs> like labor intensive like part of the industry like i'm gonna make videos for small businesses right like right yeah and i was me and a friend were talking probably seven or eight years ago about starting a record label that was focused on social media and all right and so like i've had these ideas but when you're you know running a business mm -hmm. those ideas are really difficult to put in because you're always kind of optimizing and, and running and making the business better mm -hmm. so that's kind of we were talking about like next three to five years and like selling possibly selling ima or just popping up the top of it that would probably be the direction I'd want to go. And also to help people do what they want to do, right? Whether mm -hmm. that be on the creative side or, um, you know, now as a creator online or whatever, and kind of mentor, kind of produce, right? Less, pro like less being the director writer nowadays and kind of acting more as a kind of mentor producer mm -hmm. um, with the experience and, you know, the funds. And so that would, if that were on my my tombstone right like created this amazing environment whatever that looked like helped all these people kind of like fulfill those dreams that would really be like that resonates mm, okay yeah, way more than digital marketer yeah even though that's what i've become an expert at <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and i always tell people um especially like people starting out i'm like be careful what you get good at because mm -hmm. that right like you get good at something and you're 30 and you make money that's how you make your money and so it's not a bad thing like having a marketable skill is really important but just make sure you don't hate it yeah definitely 
do you feel because that is a bit of a fallback in a way that it's become comfortable as you started to, to generate money, the business is going good. Then it just felt like, oof, too comfortable. Like, like I was stuck in IMA kind of thing. Or yeah, curious what you mean by that. Like, I mean, I'm getting comfortable. Oh, getting like being good at like getting, yeah. Careful what you get good at because yeah. then it might become too safe. Yeah, or that's, you know, as you know, as we get older, there's, you know, certain choices you make in your life where now you have responsibilities. I mean, I oh. used to be able to, I could live on $3,000 a month. Like that yeah. was like, and eat out all the time and like go to bars, travel. No, travel. Yeah. Like, you know, I didn't have health insurance or car insurance, but who needs that? Right. Um, yeah. So now you have so responsibilities, family. You have responsibilities. Yeah. And even if it's just a higher rent, right? Instantly things get, right. you know, complicated. So, if you start adding those things into your life, those complexities mm -hmm. and the way you make your money is this thing that you got good at, you know, you see that, that's, I mean, you see that all the time and like all the self-help stuff, like you're stuck, you hate your job, mm -hmm. your midlife crisis, right? All that stuff. Right. Yeah. And in your case, having a business. Okay. First of all, have you ever had a job? <laughs> um, so I've had, so what's interesting is from 12 to 35, I had about 50 jobs, oh. which, I ha which I have uh, on a list. Okay. I, yeah, I actually wrote them down because I'm like, I'm going to start, like my memory will yeah. start failing and I'll start forgetting. Totally. So I did everything from selling meat out of the back of a truck door to door mm. um, okay. to, yeah, call centers, all the worst jobs you can think of. Got it. Ditto. Yeah. But I've never had a job. No, I've never as an adult, like, an, like a, a real job. Mm-hmm. Not, not a single day, Wow, which is amazing. It's amazing. It's so yeah. rare, truly. And yeah, that's pretty admirable. And yeah. I'm sure looking at other people, again, I call it the prescribed path. You know, you just follow yeah. along and kind of and do all the things. Nothing against it at all. Sometimes I, I envy that. Like, mm -hmm. I could just do the, yeah. you know, what everyone else does. Yeah. But, you know, uh, that must be even crazier for you like to yeah. look the other side well and and going back to the silicon valley connection right so i i had ample opportunities because i was temping in these jobs like getting these you know these shitty temp jobs <laughs> working the desk at broadcom or you know um all these companies that were building basically the internet and i completely it was like just looking down my nose at all these people just like oh my god you guys are just suckers um and and I have three family members who've made millions and millions of dollars from tech stock IPOs, right? And their lives are forever changed and they retired super young. And so, yeah, I mean, things could have been way differently, way, way different. And that's the thing with our choices, right? Yeah, and I have zero regrets because I would, I would have gotten fired. They would have fired me. Let's be honest. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Like week, week three at Yahoo, they would have been like, no, fuck you, get out of here. Like, no, you're fired. Yeah. And even this is, I feel like these things too, about being the, the first one at these companies, I don't think people joining them have any idea. I'm going to be the 15th employee at this company. No. And that's where if, if any of us knew this stuff, yeah, come on, we wouldn't, you yeah. know. We'd all have $40 million. Yeah. Exactly. And, and I should say to balance that out, I know a lot of people who've chased IPOs. 
and have gone from one crap startup to another and are in their forties and they're like, I'm just, you know, just, I'm just waiting, just trying to hit a home run. Back to the identity thing. Mm -hmm. Okay. Now you're a father of mm -hmm. two and a husband, business owner. What is your identity? Like, what are you feeling now? I mean, the family stuff comes first and it's a total cliche and it, no, then it should be a cliche, right? Like, you know, if it's not, then yeah. you should probably like check the mirror. Um, so that's, I just love that. I just love being a dad. Yeah. And yeah. you know, when things like I mentioned with, with my youngest son, I'm like, oh shit, like he's going to be a challenge. Like this is, yeah. this is going to be fun. Right. Because I always see it as like, just imagine what he can do. Right. If we, without putting, you know, clamps on him or telling him this is not possible, or it's just so much fun to think about, like, you got, you got it all ahead of you and then let's, mm -hmm. let's craft, you know, your path right. as best we can. So you have every advantage. Him seeing you, of course, he's, he knows dad is like, got his own thing. Dad's, um, in, the, dad's in the room next to ours. <laughs> yeah. He locks the door too. Yeah, and he locks the door. <laughs> um, and so I'm just curious if like, if you would encourage him also with having his own business and all of that, I mean, are you kind of a bit of like your parents, you can do whatever you want and, or would you steer him sort of away from certain things? I would steer him away from a prescribed path is what I would steer him away from. Yeah. A hundred percent. Especially now. I mean, yeah. So I've been on Twitter super heavy since COVID started, right? Because uh, I wanted like direct tweets from doctors instead of like filtering through the news. And I also got into this whole kind of creator economy pool of people on Twitter. And, you know, there's this guy in um, in Austin named Nat Eliason, and he's, I think he's 27. And there's this new, like, there was this new kind of hot note-taking app. I mean, just like really like banal stuff, right? Like super niche corners of the internet. Yeah. Um, so this note-taking app, Rome, kind of started taking off. He built a course on how to use Rome effectively, and he made $500,000 in six months. Oh, my God. And it took him, I don't know, two weeks to make, maybe three weeks. So wow. when you see that type of yeah. ability to earn on your own you know, terms, and do it in a really instructive, I mean, he didn't, he only gave value back to people with that course, right? It was, it was, it was reasonably priced and it totally helped people. Mm -hmm. So there's no way I could see that and be like, you know, kids, 10 years of law school and, or 10 years of school, be a lawyer with a million dollars in debt. And yeah, uh, exactly. no, I mean, unless they wanted to be a lawyer, then great. I'll never, like, if my kids are like, I want to be a lawyer. I'll be like, okay. You're paying for law school. Oh yeah, you're paying for it all. You're working. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I've been working since I was 13. You are working. Yes. I'm, I'll print the flyers for you. I will print those flyers. But you're putting a laser printer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. But no, it's uh it's yeah, hundred percent. Like let them go out and fail and figure it out. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then for work, like the way I see myself now is um I just read this amazing quote. So Steve Martin in his book, um, I think it's called something standing up. It's a great book, but I had forgotten about this quote that somebody just referenced the other day that I saw online. And it was like, he spent 10 years learning how to be a standup, right? He spent four years after that refining what he learned to be good. And then he had four years of wild success and then he quit. 
And so oh, that's, that's, and I really resonate with that because yeah. I'm not at 18 years yet. Well, hopefully, you know, that the success is like the wild success is coming, but <laughs> it takes forever. It takes so yeah. long. And now the way I run the business and the way that we help other businesses with what we do, it really works. Like there's no, like, <laughs> does this work or not? I don't know. You should pay us. So yeah. that's gone. Like it really works. We have a really tested and proven system and all of our systems internally are locked down and scalable. It takes forever, right? To build. To build and figure out what this yeah. and share that. And like, we haven't made a TV commercial in 12 years. You know what I mean? Like mm. we got away from that and into the digital stuff completely. And yeah, it takes forever. That's fascinating. It has been fascinating for me, but I'm just now feeling now like 15, 16 years in that, okay, now I, now I can figure this out. And some people do it in like a year or two or four. I don't know. I don't know how they do it, but they do it. But do they? Or they, or you catch a wave that you just happen to be right, right place, right time, right? True. Yeah. So the there's over, that. Overnight success is no, bullshit. No such, it's total bullshit. Yeah. There's no, there's, you can't show, unless you're like a meme, like, you know, like people are making fun of you overnight success, maybe. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But, but no, there's no, you know what you're doing and overnight like in, or even in a year, right? It's just mm -hmm. not a thing. And what about the like failures, let's say, or what is what is your experience with failure? Sorry, not experience, but perspective. Do you look at it as failure or do you look at it as like, this is just feedback and gonna keep trudging through? I mean, I've failed at way more things that I've succeeded at, <laughs> right? Which I don't think is too abnormal. Yeah. Um, and the way I look at it now after you know, listening to tons of podcasts with people like on Ferris's podcast and stuff. And they talk about this is I think you have to look at everything as a process. Mm -hmm. yeah. And if you come out of that, so let's say you do a year long project and it fails, right? Well, as long as at the end of that year, you have, you've treated it as a learning process and you come out of that with a new skill, mm -hmm. then it's not a failure at all. Right. Yeah. So I think the, you know, like with my movie, that's like the biggest failure. I had this little trifecta which is still like pretty raw, which is crazy because it was like almost 20 years ago. But I had a rescue pit bull and she had issues, behavioral issues. She bit somebody, I got sued. Mm. Like I had to put her down. Okay. And then I had a relationship, a six year relationship end, right at all the same time. And I blew my knee out playing pickup basketball. <laughs> so this is like Damn. all came, that came to a head. I mean, literally like after my surgery, like the lawyer or that person like served me my legal papers. It was crazy. It was just like, it was a really hard triumvirate of rejection and failure. Like, I think I just kind of like carried the wound for a long time. And then obviously it birthed the business. So there was like a, you know, not planned, but kind of, you know, it wasn't like, I was like, well, this is my process. And I've learned to, no, I was yeah. just like, I just, honestly, we started the business because my unemployment ran out. That's the only reason we started IMA. Because <laughs> like, the, there's like, this is your last check. I'm like, gotta pay rent next month let's uh make some videos mm -hmm. so that was that was more just like carrying that and then with maturity mm -hmm. and learning from you know other mistakes that okay now i just have more perspective but i, I definitely kind of have a different lens at this point in my life well, resilience yeah if you have been through all of that again happening at once you're like bring it on yeah <laughs> A little bit. I'm sure you're like, oh, yeah, no, I'm like, I got nothing else. Like, I got nothing. Like, please don't bring it on anymore. They say, they say mm -hmm. that the universe, like, 
gives you what you can handle. Right? And that really birthed so, me into adulthood. That's really what happened. Yeah. You have to share your love story. Yeah. Say. It's bananas. It's totally bananas. So Claire's my wife and we both grew up in Redwood City. So in seventh grade, you know, we were friends, but just friends. And then in eighth grade, we basically started dating right at the beginning of the school year. And then we we dated the entire year. What does that entail exactly in eighth grade? Dating? Well, I was going to get to that. So okay. it was it entails like incredibly like raging hormones, right? A lot of sweaty <laughs> yeah. palms. Totally. Um, and very little communication. Like we, we always joke about it now. Like we were so like I, we we joked that the connection was there, but it was so intense that yeah. we literally couldn't talk to each other. Like we barely look at each other. We can make out. Like we lots of making out. Right. Oh, but like, okay. <laughs> so that was happening. Oh yeah, yeah. No, it was. Okay. I won't go into too many details, but it was. Um, once yeah. it came to time to talk, like we would just like clam up. It was hilarious. So, but we were together the whole year. When you know, notes and phone calls and you know all that stuff. And then we went to different high schools. But I used to see her because we were still both in Redwood City. And then, uh, you know, fast forward whatever, fifteen years or something like that. But wait, uh, you you just didn't see each other again. No. And every time I would see her, like my friends would be like, oh, there's Claire, there's Claire, there's Claire. You know, like it yeah. was always like a thing. Um, but yeah, probably a handful of times. Mm, okay. We never, we definitely never hung out. Mm. Yeah, we were in, you know, and she was, Claire, you know, I'll embarrass her. She was like most attractive in the yearbook, best body in the yearbook. Mm, okay. So she was dating like older dudes during yeah. high school not college dudes <laughs> same age yeah yeah like yeah. low life eight 20 year olds mm -hmm. yeah exactly <laughs> so, let's be real <laughs> yeah come on so she was like i just kind of felt she was also kind of like out of my league in high school and then 2008 rolled around and facebook came on the scene and everyone signed up for it and somebody i knew that we both knew like friended me on facebook and so i went straight i you know accepted and went straight into her friend list and there she was and friended claire and I was going to Macy's in Corn Madera to buy a tie for a wedding. And I got, uh, I got the response, like her response. And she's like, you don't send a message. You just like, she's like, just hit like, add friend. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, and so we went back and forth, had lunch like a week later mm. and then, uh, had a second date and she basically moved in. No way. That, that was it. Yeah, we got married two years later. Now we've got yeah, wow. two kids. Yeah, it's been busy. That is and then yeah. Well the last little cutesy oh. part of it is that um we were voted best like cutest couple in eighth grade oh in the yearbook. God. And what I didn't remember, but it came up when we were like moving, we moved a bunch in the first couple of years. And I had gone to the yearbook like people mm -hmm. and and I had asked for the the original photo. Cool. Like with like the you know the marking on and everything so i actually have our original photo from the yearbook and that's what we used in our um like our wedding invites was our like <laughs> picture <That> is, <laughs> it's cool. crazy it's so crazy crazy you know, i remember this happening of course yeah like hearing about it and that yeah you reconnected with the you know middle school girlfriend and it's one of these stories that just is so incredibly rare mm -hmm. and it just kind of speaks to the soul connection yeah. that you had because that and it was instant 
Sounds like you're really thriving. We're you know? doing we're doing really well. I'm really excited about the next couple of years. Yeah. Yeah. So that was my next question. What are you most looking forward to right now? I mean, work-wise, I'm really excited because we have the 10 years and the four years of figuring stuff out. Like that's where we're at. And so we have nothing but potential to, you know, just crush the next couple of years from a business perspective. And the coolest part, and this is the thing I need really need to lean into more. Mm-hmm. It's like we still work with mostly small businesses. I mean, you know, yeah. they could be doing 30, 40 million a year in revenue, right? But that's still mm-hmm. technically a small business. And I've no I've never had an interest in working with, you know, the like Nike or Microsoft. I could give a fuck like no thanks. Unless they came knocking on your door. But we've worked we've had some of those engagements in the past. And oh, okay. it's a, it's awful. Because there's 47 people in the marketing department and there's you have yeah. to do a weekly meeting with all it's just like it just burns through you. Right. Got so it. the cool thing now is like with with what we're doing, we're really like helping people. Like like our clients, most of our clients that are doing what we kind of tell them to do, mm-hmm. I'll put that in perspective. Um, use our process. Like they're having their best years ever. Like they're just killing it. It's not all us, but it, we're contributing to that, right? Yeah. And I love that. Like mm-hmm. I love helping in that way. And to most people, like this is what we do is such a like what like how does the how do the ads work and how's this work and and so it's great to just be like nope and we educate all the way like here's what we're doing like and mm-hmm. our clients own everything they're fully in control so that's been really rewarding so yeah sounds like it more of that i want to help as many of those people that feel like and a lot of people gotten screwed because there's a ton of terrible agencies out there is there okay it's yeah like half probably mm. <laughs> it's Ooh. awful Ooh. yeah it's it's awful there's so many shysters it's not even funny oh that's so yeah. okay yeah so you're, you're in the business of teaching and powering and all those other things so you're essentially working with you're an advertising agency as in you create the advertising as well mm-hmm. and then you do all of the the, um, the Facebook ads, Google ads, SEO, all that stuff, the content. Yeah. So we do, we are trying to put the art back into ideas, money, art a little bit more, mm-hmm. which we have tons of opportunity to do. We've just kind of gone in the weeds on all the Facebook ad, Google ad stuff for years. Um, so that's a big initiative too. So mm-hmm. I've kind of stepped back into like having a creative director role on my plate, at least short term to kind okay. of try to supercharge that a little bit, but yeah. You're, you're, you are creative director. I mean, yeah, I'm, I'm yeah. wearing of my many hats. Like that's yeah. one extra hat that I put on temporarily, but uh, yeah, just to try to, to put some focus on that again. Mm-hmm. I was going to ask, yeah, how much are you like CEOing and then getting the creative? I actually track it. Um, like how much I'm working on the business versus in with on my task tracker. Um, <laughs> so I'm, I'm luckily I'm around 50, 50 right now. So I'm actually okay. working on stuff and you know, all my new LinkedIn and Twitter content will be even more of that, but, uh, okay. Yeah. So, and what, okay. So you're going to be putting out, you're going to be putting yourself out there more. I, I Being seen. Even video. Even video. <laughs> yeah. And what is, what are, what are you going to be talking about? Really the, what I was just referring to with like, if you're, you know, a business of any size, but it's still like you, right? Like if you're a $10 million business and, you know, $20 million business, most of those businesses still have zero idea, like how to market effectively. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's yeah. really insane. Um, and there's, there's just all look alike. So what's my competitor doing? They do the exact same thing. 
And so what I'm going to be teaching people is like, here's how you, here's how to differentiate. Here's how you make the digital marketing work for you. Here's how to make sure you don't hire the wrong agency or freelancer and waste $30,000. Right. Yeah. Um, so a lot of that kind of somewhat basic stuff, but really drilling into like specific recommendations and tactics and strategies of what you should do. Um, so people can do that on, you know, like we have this great guide that walks people through our process. So like for free, I don't care, or obviously if they hire us, but, mm -hmm. um, we're, it's just, I just want people to stop getting screwed by bad agencies. And I mean, it's to the point where people like their stuff's being held hostage. It's, it's really, and it's really awful. It's been like that forever. Um, mm -hmm. cause people don't understand it. So they get sold a bill of goods. Exactly. So yeah, so the content's all going to be about like empowering people to understand better and in simplified terms. And then like, okay, you want some like specific tactics and strategies to implement on your own. Boom. Here you go. And it's going to be not fluff. It's going to be actionable. Yeah. I love yeah. that. No fluff. Yeah. So, you don't yeah. seem like a fluff kind of guy. I mean, I can bullshit with the best of them, but <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but... But not, yeah, I'm trying to avoid that in the content. Okay. Any apprehension on your side for stepping into this new role and identity? I think, uh, I mean, part of the apprehension is it needs like this next phase needs to work. Like I know now how to do what the agents like, I, like I'm an expert now. Right. And, and I can own that. I don't have like a lot of imposter syndrome with that right now because I've been doing it for so damn long. Um, so I think now it's like, okay, now scale it again. Right. Cause we went way up, you know, we're doing, you know, multiple seven figures and then way down. And then now we're on the way back up. Mm -hmm. So now it's like, okay, now you need to like know how to grow an agency, right. Not just mm -hmm. through referrals and like that kind of stuff or building right. existing client bases, but go out and attract clients. And so the apprehension is that I fall on my face. And I don't know how to do that. Mm -hmm. um, but I don't, I'm, I mean, as long as I'm consistent putting the work, I just, that shouldn't happen. So where, where can people find you to watch and consume all this incredible content that's coming? So I've simplified pretty much across all the channels. So on Facebook, on Twitter, uh, LinkedIn, I'm obviously my own name, but my handle is free Conlon. So okay. at free Conlon, F R E, which is like always chasing freedom. <laughs> so, that, and then also my actual name is Jeffrey. So you could like free. So it's a little play on words, but. Oh, I like that. Next chapter. <laughs> Next chapter. I'm ready. Thank you so much for sharing your story. All the stories. All the stories. I know. Stories. Apologize for if there were too many tangents, but. No, never. That was super fun. And that's the thing. When you don't have a prescribed path, you have many paths. It is never a straight line. So. No, it's not. <laughs> it's life so much more interesting. Yeah. Yeah. It's a lot of fun. Awesome. Thank yeah. you. Thank you so much for listening to this episode brought to you by Be Seen Productions. If you enjoyed this conversation, find and hit the subscribe button wherever you're listening to this podcast. And if you want to go ahead and leave a five-star review, that would be amazing as well. If you're looking to elevate your on-camera presence and create engaging videos, check out bseenproductions.com or just connect with me directly on email, willow at bseenproductions.com. I also hang out on Instagram at whereiswillow. Thanks again for being here. See you in the next episode. Until then, keep carving your own fucking path. Thank you.